Welcome to the deep dive. How are you, me old mate Mick? We're down to the last game. We are, mate. I'm very good, Trent. A couple of big teams into the grand final. So all you naysayer complaining interstaters, we did it while not playing any games in Victoria. So shut up. It is a very, like, up up yours to that camp of interstate people, all those people that say, we spoke about this the other day, that if if this was to happen, those people would get a a little bit of egg on the face. Not horribly, but it is the one year. But still, like, they've been away for, what, 105, 110 days. And, you know, all these people that say, oh, the biggest reason why so many Vic teams finish in the top eight is because... They get the games in Geelong or they get heaps of games at the MCG. And it's like, wow, this might be proof that, to be fair, I guess there's at the moment there's two very strong Victorian teams in in the two we've got in the grand final. But it is it is a bit of a funny quirk of, of the season. But, um, yeah. It's yeah. very 2020, as they would say. It is very 2020. So we've got two games to discuss. So we'll, do, we'll break the episodes up. Um, this will be focusing on the two prelims that we just saw in Port Tigers and Lions-Cats. Um, fair bit to discuss out of the Port-Richmond game. Obviously, a fair bit out of the wash-up out of Lions and Cats to a degree too, but the game wasn't great. But I don't know. It was watchable, but it never felt like Brisbane were in it for me. It never really felt like they were any chance to win the game. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we'll obviously touch on that in a, in a little bit. But, yeah, it was definitely... Again, the Friday night game was the pick of the two for me um, on, on, on all aspects, from a visual, from a contest, yeah. um, and obviously the uncertainty right until the end about who was going to win. Yeah. So massive thanks to our sponsors at Hopstone. Hopstone is a craft beer delivery service. As we head into mania of um, Christmas shopping in Victoria particularly, but just mania, I reckon, in general, um, please check out hopstone.com.au because it's a really good present heading into this uh, next season. I've definitely eyed it off as a as a present for a few people in my family. Uh, definitely ticks off a few yeah, people that you, that you don't have to then go out and shop for. It makes it a lot easier. Um, so hopstohome.com.au, um, great craft beer delivery service where you can order packs of 10 or 20 and get them delivered directly to your door in a subscription uh, model. Uh, you can pause and resume it at any time. Uh, very switched on uh, operators at hopstone.com.au and you can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack, which is a very, very good deal, cheaper than dirt rubbish beer. Yeah, it's a very tasty deal indeed. It is very good. So hopstone.com.au, check out Beyond the Game TV. Um, we will still be doing bits and pieces with Ed, I'm sure. Um, I don't know when, but <laughs> physically, but we'll definitely keep doing it with him via his... Um, his platform and check out his platform for lots of sport content over the summer with the AFL finishing because there'll be plenty of things to talk about. Um, so, Port Richmond Day. So, low scoring game. I mean, if you looked at this game on paper, you'd think, oh, 40 to 46, but it had a lot of pressure. Um, the conditions weren't great. It was basically raining in in um, Adelaide for about three or four in the afternoon. So, it had been raining quite a bit. Um, and then it rained pretty heavily through sections of the game as well. So the conditions weren't great, but it did suit Richmond. I thought Port handled the conditions better as the game went on. But, um, yeah, look, I really enjoyed the game. Heartbreaking for Port. They were obviously in, in this game up to their ears and just experienced, and Richmond stood up at the end. 
What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, coming into this game, we knew what we were going to get from Richmond. I, I was still on, on the fence a bit about what to expect from Adelaide, purely from the lack of experience yeah. um, as far as preludes go in a in lineup. But uh, very, very strong, obviously. Finished on top of the ladder, been the, the most consistent team all, all year. And they put it, took it right up to the Tigers uh, without ever getting their, their necks in front. And I guess that was frustrating because they, at times throughout the game, uh, they, they had their chances and they had control um, here and there. So missed opportunities, just a lack of composure there. But that's brought on by that, that incessant and manic pressure and that uh, perceived pressure that the Tigers bring uh, week in, week out. But especially when it comes to yeah. this time of year, you could tell right from the get-go that the Tigers lifted their intensity yeah. um, and that automatically puts most teams on, on the back foot. So, yeah, look, um, they were valiant. Uh, probably just didn't have that spread of consistent uh, ball usage that the, the Tigs had. Um, yeah, but great game. Enjoyed it. Uh, typical sort of wet weather uh, finals game. You can mount a small argument that Richmond probably should have won by... <clears throat> they won by six points, obviously, in the end. You can mount a small argument they probably should have won by maybe three goals. So they kicked 6-10 in the end, and a few of those points were gettable. Um, so, But it was pretty close, kept tight the whole way. Little indicators early on made it not clear that Richmond were going to win, but they were definitely going to be a better chance of winning with um, efficiency when the conditions were really bad in the first half. So kicking efficiency in the first half uh, was 56% for Richmond to 25%. So that's a big difference. Um, And if it wasn't particularly in the first half, there was a few for Richmond fans would have been pretty frustrating <clears throat> Excuse me. A few very shallow entries. There was two in a row. One for Bolton and another one for Lynch. Um, and that they were two really pretty wasted chances because they were really good leads. They were central inside fifty leads as well. Had the mark been taken where the player wanted, they would have only been about 35, 40 out. Um, but I, I don't know. Like there was just a few mistakes in terms of the link between. Um, either a high half forward to kick it in or whether it was one of the midfields. There was um, just you know a few minor errors that happened, particularly in those conditions. It was raining pretty heavily, to be fair. Um, but like that's that's the thing, and that, that kept poured in it. Um, I, you know, it was funny. It had a lot of subplots to this game, and I guess this is where it gets interesting. Like, the ruck situation was fascinating. Like, I heard somebody say today that they thought Nankervis was best on ground. I don't know about best on ground, but he definitely was absolutely in the top two or three players for sure. He was huge. And if you only, lo- and if you only watched the last quarter, well, yeah. you would say he was best on ground as well. He was yeah. huge. Yeah, absolutely. His finish was elite. But the, the ruck battle in general was fascinating. So the first half, I was watching it, and I kept thinking, Richmond are getting smoked here. Like they're getting, abs- in terms of the hitouts. They weren't getting first opportunities. The midfield was still going okay. Clearances were being won by Port, but not incredibly so, it felt like. But then when I looked back at the stats, and obviously this isn't a stats-heavy podcast, but I did want to bring up a couple of other little brief ones in terms of the clearance swing. So once Nankervis started 
getting better. He got, I think he got comprehensively beaten in the first half, and it was amazing to see him perform so well in the second half. First half, clearance swing. So 20 to 9 in the first half. So Port, way ahead, double their clearance numbers. The second half, 13 to 28. So Richmond had completely turned it around and, and got significantly more opportunities. So it was fascinating. I really liked that. I thought Laddams was, was quite good. Um, they tag-teamed that ruck quite well because Laddams came in a couple of times um, and balanced it out. And I, I, I look, it was that, that in itself was a really interesting battle. And then, like, the switches that they were doing around the key midfielders, it was very good coaching by Hardwick through sections of the game. So I really liked, for example, like, the they pulled the switch on Bolter at a really good time. They knew exactly when they needed him back in defence. Even when they put um, Lynch in defence at times as well, the times where they pulled Lynch in for the ruck as well was clever. Um, there was a few like really little things like that. Even when Cochin was being tagged and, and um, Hamish Hartlett was heavily on Dusty as well and trying to completely take him out of the game. I re- like There was a good 10 to 15 minute period where it was awesome to watch how good um, and they, they're slowly building into it, but how good Edwards and Prestia just went to work inside and out. And they, it was sick. It was so much fun to watch. They both looked so good, so confident. It just shows the depth that Richmond have got now, that these two A-graders can be out of the midfield, barely getting a look at the ball, and these two were completely dominating for a good 10 to 15-minute period in that second half. So there was a lot of like really interesting switches, and when... I think when Harvey pulled the trigger was really clever. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I don't sort of watch and analyse the game like you do. I, I tend to look more holistically yeah. um, <clears throat> or, or individual players. And again, but we always come to the similar uh, synopsis at the end, like that depth of Richmond really, really shone through. And I'm, I'm going to say it for the update time, if you as an opposition team don't know how to stop one or either of Edwards or Kane Lambert from having an impact on the game, Richmond will almost win 10 out of 10 because of their ability to <coughs> either link up, which is Edwards' um, yeah. beauty, and, and push the ball forward, <coughs> or as we saw on the weekend, Lambert can go forward and, and bob up and, and kick goals because of his high IQ as a footballer. He just knows how to get himself into really, really good positions. It might take a quarter or two, but once he gets his eye in about how the game's being played, he just finds himself in really good positions. And opposition defenders all too often forget that they've got to keep an eye on those two uh, in particular. Don't get me wrong, I'm not putting down the the um, efforts of you, the stars of Richmond, um, but it's very hard to keep Martin from having the influence or Cochin from having influence, uh, Lynch from having influence. So <coughs> I thought they were really good. I thought um, Shy Bolton, again, after having a, a, a somewhat ordinary first final um, and, and, and being pushed around a little bit, uh, didn't look like he was quite ready for, for, for the big stage, had a really, really good, Good game, quite impactful. Yeah. Um, he's running carry uh, again. This this second run and, th- and third tier of players at Richmond, along with Geelong, they've got poise now, and they seem to have time when they've got the ball in hand, which just again makes it so much harder for the opposition to shut them down. <coughs> and one, 
more importantly, like and when we get into Geelong, that defensive structure just continued to really, really smother yeah. Port Adelaide's natural flow and game plan to, to move the ball um, and, and get open looks at, at, at Charlie Dixon in particular, but also Robert Gray didn't get the opportunities he would like in the front half like they normally would. So it was really well done. Team effort, as everyone says, are the most uh, we've got the two most team-oriented teams into the grand final. There's a reason for that. They know each other's systems extremely well. They they can move and um, rotate into positions that they need to, even if it's not where they normally play. <clears> as <throat> you mentioned, like Bolter going forward, Lynch coming so back, yeah. all that type of stuff. Just just amazing, and obviously Dinner's ability to just know timing and, and the right time to move uh, very very well. But look, I mean, Hankley, Ken Hinkley did extremely. Like, he couldn't have done much oh. more. Um, for, for, for Port Adelaide, um, there's just slight execution and in a, slightly less ability to handle the pressure on the big stage was what was the big difference. Yeah, 100%. It was, it was experience in the end. We'll get to Port definitely because there's a lot of positives to talk about them and a lot, a lot to discuss. We always try and start with the winners. But I get what you mean. I'm, uh, I think I do like, obviously, the way, you know, I know I look at the game a bit more analytically I guess but it's funny though like I you know I don't really look at the stats through the game and I didn't again this time very rarely and yeah I mean Bolter like he was outstanding um it's interesting like little things so for example like I think they played Grimes poorly Port and it's funny like there was no I don't think he milked any of them I'd need to go back and watch it I know he's been accused of diving and a couple of times I think he definitely um, added some mayo to, to some of the instances. But, I, like, so there were at least three, I reckon, um, free kicks paid to Grimes for holes, which was interesting. And it came at really bad times as well for Port. So that was another interesting kind of subplot. The umpires were on it and they were on it early and they didn't give any warning and they straight away went to it. So... It's interesting. I don't know where, and there were different umpires that awarded it too. One of them was Stevic, and I can't remember who the other one was that awarded it. So it was interesting how quickly they got on it. There were little things from a defensive mindset that Port did that, like I know, obviously, you know, Grimes is a defender, but in terms of what that you know Port were doing to defend the ground, that was a mistake giving those frees away clearly, and little things as well. Like at times they were basically triple teaming Lynch which he's obviously a very dangerous player, but then that allowed Dusty to get those first two half goals. So it's so hard with Richmond, as you were describing, like you're robbing Peter to pay ball, and that and that's the problem. It's all well and good to shut down one, but you've, you've just got to play lights out if you're going to beat Richmond. But, yeah, going back to what you're saying as well around, yeah, Lambert, we've been, you know, screaming about how good of a player Lambert is for how long. It, he was elite Um and obviously stood up when it mattered. That goal from where it was, that 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 was a deliberate. Like I know Port fans will, will crack the shoots, but that was a deliberate. Like Hamish Hartlett, he pushes the ball. He basically flicks the ball out, and you can't really argue that he was pushing it up towards Rockcliffe because Rockcliffe is at least two meters, at least a meter and a half to two meters back. Like and he's got his eyes on the boundary. Yeah. He doesn't have his eyes on well, Rockcliffe at all. Well, I would say at the at the very least, so even if it's not deliberate out of bounds, yeah. his motion is a throw. It's a throw exactly. Yeah. He can't have open hands and lift the ball yeah. uh, up into the air. That's uh, that's. But we, I mean, I, 
I didn't want to touch on it. I, I thought the umpire on Friday night was probably the only letdown compared to Saturday night. I, I thought there was a number of decisions that um, definitely were completely at, at odds to what we've yeah. seen all year. Um, I don't think it affected the end result because it, there was probably half for Richmond and, and half for, for Port Adelaide um, in those instances. But it's, it's interesting. I was speaking to an umpire uh, about the theory around how they adjudicate the central, especially the field umpires for games. And yeah. it's more about not the individual umpire, but how they work and adjudicate the game. And I guess like what you just mentioned, uh, there was a similar call made by multiple umpires. So they, from the AFL's perspective, it was saying that they would rather see those three umpires in the same game yeah. rather than have two umpires calling it one way with another player with another umpire calling it slightly different. So we might see the same umpires that were up in Queensland for the Geelong Richmond game to the grand final as yeah. opposed to necessarily having the three best umpires because they don't always see eye to eye as far as uh, the interpretation of the rules. So I saw, yeah, that yeah. was my little bit. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I did see a lot of Port fans arguing about the Grimes freeze, but I I went back and had a look at two of them. I, re- I haven't looked at all of them, but I looked at two of them um, and I reckon they were there. But anyway. I yeah. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but it, there were other decisions I though. Going to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was leading into what you were talking about, Grimes, just to further on that point. It, it baffles me that we've seen one or twice this year and probably twice last year, I can't remember the teams, that were able to get Grimes out of his position and either getting close to beating Richmond or beating Richmond. And I'm, I just don't know why opposition players in the forward line don't try to draw him out of that perfect spot around yeah. the 30 to 40 metre area um, where well, he feels most comfortable. So you, yeah. you just you just open yourself up to being... Yeah, smarter by arguably the best best backman in the competition was, and we'll talk about it in the next game. We saw the same with um, Andrews for Brisbane. The amount of times he was able to get a better position on Mark. That's what Geelong do. Stop, yeah, stop, put, stop playing in his favourite spot. Drag him out of the, the and, forward fifty. And what's what's but, crazy? Well, what's crazy as well to back up your point further is it worked against Rance. It started to work yeah. against Rance towards the end. Absolutely, and he was still in, in, you know, it wasn't like he fell away, he just retired. The reality is it was working, so why he's replaced Rance? Keep doing the same mm. strategy. Like this must this must be discussed behind closed doors at sure. other clubs. I can't understand. Like he, he gets allowed to play the way he wants. I don't know whether there are players that fear the free because of his very good, like Rance used to do as well. Very good ability to sell it, but mm. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, it's interesting. I, I I do wonder whether Richmond had sent a memo about it because it was quite interesting. Uh, I know I heard um, uh, Hardwick congratulated um, Stevic on the flight for his four hundredth game and over the okay. over the PA on the plane, and they really, you know. <laughs> Whether we got him a birthday cake, I've got no idea. But it did uh, not a birthday, a uh, four hundred cake. But it did seem a bit. Um, anyway, it was just a little interesting subplot. But um, a few things before we get to Port, because there's a fair bit discussed with Port. But it did feel there was that little window where it felt like Richmond were going 
to maybe lose this purely on, they were doing most things right, but that just in terms of the shots, there was that moment in the third quarter where it was like, is that going to be one of these games where they just kick themselves out of the game? But yeah. in, the, in the end, they just I kicked agree. enough points to get it over the line. Um, we've spoken about Nan Curvis. I guess a couple of things. So I thought, you know, Hawley was good. I thought McIntosh was really good. He, yeah, when they swung him Mac, was great, especially in the first half. Yeah, McIntosh in the first half, in particular, he was, he was outstanding. That yeah. rebound off the back half. Yeah, Prestia a lot better, I think, in in the second half, particularly. Um, but he was excellent, really. I think, it, obviously, as it, you know, he's got to get games into him. You, you'd imagine he's he's really kind of gotten better each week, so he might be um, Norm Smith material next week. Pickett started pretty slow. He looked a little bit dear in the headlights at times. Um, that we've described this year. But then the second half, he mm. was a lot better, less mistakes. I actually thought it was um, Rioli's best game in, in some time. I know he didn't really get many coaches votes or anything, but I actually thought he was quite good, did a lot off the ball. Um, just yep. just one, one percenters were really good. Um, Jack is still not in great form, obviously, but he brought the ball to ground in, in bad conditions. He did what Dixon didn't really do. They, they ended up putting Dixon almost in defence at one point, which I know I commended. Richmond about Lynch, but it don't, I don't think it particularly worked with him. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a theory, though, behind uh, Jack Rewalt uh, at the moment and him being supposedly out of form. I actually think Dim is that good of a coach that yeah. it's a ploy. Because he was this last week, yeah. I, I also named the defender that was on um, Rewalt. I um, can't because his name never get doesn't get mentioned, so that means... That McKen- defender has, is having no influence, no influence on the game. So now everyone thinks, I don't know, Scotty is not that not that dumbfounded, but potentially they won't put as much time into Rewild. Well, that's what happened in the grand Re- final last year. Yeah, and, and Rewild all of a sudden has less attention on him, gets a little bit freaked, bobs up, kicks three or four. Well, that's what game happened. Over. That's what happened in the grand final last year. I mean, yeah, I know he was playing a one-legged. Um, Phil Davis, but still, still. But as you said, he he, he was getting into, he, he wasn't touching the ball, not getting yeah. stats, not kicking goals, but he was getting to the contest, bringing up, making sure that ball hit the ground. If not, Lynch was taking a mark. But he knew when Lynch was one out and on the lead. So yeah, I don't think he's out of form. I think he's playing a very specific role. Um, otherwise, Dimmer would move him up the field. He's done it before when he's out of form to get his hands on the ball. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think Tim is just playing playing one up on, on on everyone at the moment. Just that's my opinion. Uh, wait and see on grand final. Oh, it's an interesting theory. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I still think he's a little bit out of form, but that could be that could be part of it. It might be a combination of a couple of things. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Let's get into Port. So Port fifty nine inside fifties to Richmond's forty four. So they had they had their chances. They had a heap of chances. The first half particularly. Rosie's goal was fantastic. Butters, Rosie, Dersma, aside from Dersma's drop mark where Rosie really had a shot and it was pretty much in the same point where he, he kicked that goal earlier and you thought, wow, Rosie's going to kick another one. And then he went and and um, chipped it to Dersma and there was that like horrendous like Jack Darling style drop and it was like, oh, no, like it was just – the I know it was wet so it was a bit different to the 18 grand final where that was a very dry day but not, not, not ideal – um, but the first, by by half time, I was like, because we spoke around one of the reasons why we argued Richmond would win is that we figured the experience would stand up and we were a bit 
not quite sure yet on how these kids would look in, in a very in a massive game. And the first half they were pretty good, and even in the second half they were still yeah. quite good as well. But they had their chances, like you know, so many opportunities. Um, I don't know, like little little things. Like I, I didn't feel that um, Burn Jones, who obviously had a very good season, all Australian. I don't think he really had that much impact. He got towed up by Dusty in the first half, particularly. Um, I think that might have gotten to his head. I don't think that helped. He got really murdered, and that that you know, Dusty pretty much ragdolled him. So that that probably didn't help his confidence. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, they didn't put Hartwood well, straight onto Dusty when he moved forward. Like, yeah, they did eventually. They took too long to do it, though. Yeah, too long. By that yeah. stage, Martin's had too much of an impact and influence on the game. And the, the, the Tigers as a whole are up and about. And as you said, he, uh, Burns has probably dropped his uh, um, intensity and, and sort of, um, what do you call it, uh, self, self-belief. self um, yeah. to, to get the job done, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I thought Ebert was incredible. Obviously, you know, oh, well done to him in his, in his yeah last game. You know, getting concussed the way that happened was was great. Um, he's, you know, a star, very underrated. I thought, you know, Wines played a really good game. Uh, but, again, like, you know, Boke, Rockcliffe were down. Um, I don't think Houston had the same kind of damage that he has at times. And, I mean, offensively, they just weren't, there, I thought Marshall was okay, but Dixon didn't really have any impact. He's obviously been so good all year. Adams had his moments. Um, you know, Lyset was excellent in the ruck, but that goal he kicked was was very clutch at the time. To be fair, but yeah, obviously it was such a close yeah. game. You can't go too hard on Port, but there there were you can see where it went wrong. Yeah, and I think like you mentioned Rockcliffe and, and Boat being a little bit down, which is obviously huge. But Pal Pepper's the other one mm. for me. Uh, didn't get a lot of the ball. And he's so important. Yeah. He, yeah, so important. So he, he's essentially what um, an Edwards is for, for Richmond, just having that drive and that ability to, to, to penetrate the, in the forward 50 and see it time and time again throughout the year. Um, and he was just a little bit quiet again. He, he hasn't had too many... Um, games of experience uh, at this level um, in prelims, so hopefully, hopefully they can pretty much stick together. Obviously, Ebert um, finishes up this year after uh, a stellar career at both Port Adelaide and uh, West Coast. Before that, um, obviously, one of the most courageous footballers I've ever seen, mm. the heart and soul, heart and soul of Port Adelaide. And, had a, had, he had a great game. I thought he was, along with Hartlett probably, and, and Wines probably the best the best three up until that point where he got um, concussed. So, yeah, good, good luck to, to him and, he, and the rest of his future, whatever that may be. But, um, yeah. Lenny uh, Hayes style. I, I guess, yeah. It's, again, we get pick real nitty-gritty elements out of Port Out. I don't think that's doing them very much justice. I thought they were pretty, pretty gallowing defeat. And, yeah. They were pretty good. That like they, the mid ultimately it was lost in the center. Their mm. midfield needs to get better for longer. If I'm going to be harsh, and they, they've been very good all yeah. year. But if they were at their first half level, or even even in the first half, they weren't quite as great as they've been. I don't know. They they were a good ten to fifteen percent off, and that's that's too much. Um, and agree. Yeah, I think at times they're. Port Adelaide's defence were a bit dear in the headlights 
um, they didn't read the play as well as they could have um, in terms of the things we pointed out around, like, you know, triple teaming, teaming Lynch and making the same mistake multiple times with Grimes. And, you know, just the way they defended the ground at times was not great. I, I Look, I, you can't fault them too much. I think, look, they didn't handle the conditions that well early, but then they definitely handled them as the game went on. They were cleaner. It was definitely better. But giving up 25 to 26% kicking efficiency in the first half to the opposition, not not good. Um, and they're lucky in some respects that it lose by a little bit more. Richmond have been a bit more active. It's six more points. Mm. That's six more opportunities, obviously, to, to keep going. A couple yeah, of them so, were, were, but, were there. Absolutely. It's hard enough to chase down Richmond uh, during the home yeah. away season, let alone um, on a big stage like a prelim. So, they, yeah, they did, didn't do themselves any favours by, yeah, being inefficient early on, that's for sure. And, um, and again, just those little things like, not having the right opponent on Martin, um, yeah. not being not being as polished in front of goal either early on, um, probably cost them. But as you said, Richmond's the same. Have they been a bit more accurate in front of goal? Give them a two or three goal extra um, win. And the other thing too, before we move on, um, you know, one of their highlights of the final series really was Motlop and wasn't cited. And again, a reason why you know Geelong ended up trading him was that just inconsistent. He can be really good and then he can completely go missing. He can be one of the best players on the ground and then, and then like his stats line, um, 10 disposals, seven kicks, three handballs, one mark, four tackles. That's it for the game. So no score. Yeah. No score at all. No score. Zero, zero. Probably only one score involvement or no score involvement. Uh, <laughs> I, don't re- I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember seeing him very often through the game. Very, very quiet. One assist and three score involvements. So, I don't know, he must have had some some level in there. But one one mark for the game, you know, not good. Um, no. That isn't good. So, yeah. But uh, maybe even, like, another criticism. I mean, so I think they'd be disappointed with their tackle numbers. Yes, there was a good spread. But, like, Ebert had seven. You know, he was incredible. But, you know, quite a lot of them had fours and fives, which was still good. But... I think given their pressure, given the, the kind of game it was as well and the wet, the, the style of game that Richmond were going to force them to play, they're too good of a team that you're not going to at least play that style of game for at least 20 to 30 minutes chunks, you know, which is obviously a big portion of the game with, with shorter um, quarters. But, you know, I, I'd like to see a scenario where Rockcliffe, um, even Rosie, Boak, some of these guys, Butters maybe even as well, can get those tackle numbers from four to six or even seven, and I, I know like not that many midfielders can get to that point, but I think Porter that good. I think Porter are a seriously good side that are going to be up there again next year. So the little things like that, I just think, and as well, like they dominated the ruck in the first half, and then, you know, last set was still pretty good, but they didn't take advantage at all um, in the second half. So, but look, yeah. really, really good game. Um, you know, that miss from Marshall early, even little things like that. He had Boke on the lead. Like, he had Boak out wide in a better position um, and just misread it. Sorry, my phone keeps going off. Misread it, um, just didn't see what was going on, um, didn't read the play. It's a little, little tight. That's the thing. It's In prelims, it's it's minuscule things like that where you just think it's tiny one percenters. If only he then sees Boak, he, he kicked a point, then they're a point, they're a point down at the end, you, then you never know what happens. More pressure... Lambert misses it, 
you know, this is the thing. Like it's 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 you know, Richmond are a very good side, but it's it's a millimeters game when you get to these kind of games. So yeah, absolutely. He was in a much better position. Much, he was yeah. closer as well. So well, that's it. Half half a dozen to eight plays each. Increase their tackle count by one one or two. There's there's ten percent there. Um, you kick an early goal. There's another two or three percent. All of a sudden, yeah. Um, it's a big difference. It doesn't take one player to make up the fifteen percent. It's just individual players making or just improving um, some aspect of the game by half a percent here and half a percent there. That's that's the difference, and that comes with experience. Like I, I think we'll see Port Adelaide right right up there again. I yeah. can't see too many players um, leaving. Um, no, there might be one more. Reti- only a couple of retirements. Uh, Even obviously most recent and. There was one other. Oh, there was talk. The there was a lot of talk about wines, but I, I don't think he's going now. Not with a no, group that good. Anywhere. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. yeah so they'll, they'll look very strong, and then obviously add to that add to that list uh, where they think they need to. But that's the thing. I don't. There's not. There's not too many gaping holes that they need to fill. It's pretty pretty even side. Just yeah, some poise on on the big stage, and um, yeah, big threat again next year. I reckon. I still think there's a chance wines could come back to Victoria, but. I think he'll stay for another two or three years. He's so young. Just see whether he can win one at Port and then maybe when he's 27 for the last contract, um, 27, 28, yeah, yeah. Try, and, try and get a bigger contract when, at, out of Geelong. When, or, when Sal, I was going to say, yeah, when yeah. Selwood's ready to retire, he'll go to Geelong because everyone seems to go to Geelong. Everybody goes to Geelong. It's whether, yeah, it's like, the, it's like the Miami for American retirees. Let's go there for mm. the, the sun and the surf. Um, and the cold. Get a flag. And the freezing go. cold. <laughs> Save on mortgage repayments. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do a little bit of a trade brief because I think there's a fair bit to discuss. Um, so second game, um, Lions, Cats. Uh, yeah, not as entertaining as Not as entertaining. So Cats by 40 points. This really should have been 10 goals. I mean, so 11-16 in the end for Geelong versus 6-6. There were very brief moments in the second, even early in the third, but this never felt like um, Brisbane were, were in it. It was pretty disappointing, really. Like, I... You know, they, they want respect, Brisbane. I know they've come along very quickly in the four, is it four years now? I think Fagan's been there and, you know, if they want the respect, then they're going to have to cop the criticism that comes with that as well. And I don't know, like I, I was, I have to say, like I didn't hear much. People were like, oh, well, you know, Brisbane, really good season. It's like, yeah, but this was a pretty good opportunity. No. Like I would have liked them to show a bit more than this, to be honest. Yeah, same. Well, I think the only player or person I've heard commentate that, uh, has been any what skating, and he, he is anyway week in week out. That's Corns. Oh. Um, I thought he was brutally honest about where they're disappointing. <coughs> Sorry, you finished top finished top two. You had the best opportunity to get into a grand final on your home deck. It will never happen again. Happen again for Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was bitterly disappointed. I'm not wasn't surprised because I, I thought this would happen. Um, and, it, and it showed just that lack of maturity among some of their players. Uh, it, was, it was quite appalling to see, uh, I think it was Lyons and Berry continue an argument arguing yeah. after the fact for ages. Um, and obviously this was at a point in the game where they just could not get near, near Geelong and um, <clears throat> obviously frustration was boiling over. But that's when... Uh, Someone in the senior playing group needs to jump in and, and just tell them, cool down, like get over it, uh, yeah. talk about it after the game or in the huddle or whatever. Um, uh, Charlie Cameron too, like he, he was good for a quarter and then went missing 
Um, he's got to find other strings to his bow if he's not getting the delivery that um, his midfielder are going to give him. Uh, he's got to move up. He's got an awesome engine. He can outrun basically everyone. He, he's got to make the call to move up on the wing, get involved, get some touches, help his teammates out. And obviously uh, the, two, the two big towers uh, are not working uh, as a management and a footy department. They've got to make a decision on whether to keep, um, especially now with uh, Joe Danaher well, like he's, electing he's, them is to go up there. I mean, you've already got two two key forwards that are dysfunctional in front of goal. They, they can play, don't get me wrong, but they can't kick goals to save themselves, let alone uh, win a game of football. Um, and they're bringing in a third. Jeez, um, I, I just don't see see that working. Time yeah. to time to offload. It does sound anyway. funny though. I I not barracking for Brisbane. It does sound like a combat a little <laughs> bit. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to next year. But before we get to Brisbane, let's start with the winners. So Geelong, obviously, they, they had complete control. Um, they weren't going to yep. lose. You, you don't beat Geelong. You don't lose five prelims in a row. No, they. No, I shouldn't make fun of them. But no, they, they were very, very good. Obviously, they've been very close for many years. Um, Danger, you know, fantastic. Um, all, all the things we talked about all year. Probably the best game I've seen Rowan play in a while. Definitely the best final I've seen him play. Okay. I was going to say that he, he put a lot of um, yeah uh, skeptics to, to to science, and I really enjoyed um, the fact that he went back after the siren and still kicked that goal. Yeah, that shows that they're well drilled, and that the fat lady may have sung, but went through his systems, kicked a goal, so he gets three, which is fantastic anyway for him personally. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really good. Obviously, uh, Gaz was the the, the match winner. Uh, he set the scene early on, and for someone who's about to hang up the boots, to be able to just casually run to sixty meters out, just have a little chip kick oh. and it sail through is ridiculous. Can I just say something? Just on says Ablett. a lot about him. Oh, he's he's incredible. Can I just say something on Ablett? We'll get into the game for a second. Like, obviously, I I, t- I totally understand, and we've spoken a little bit about this, but. I just wanted to bring it up and, you know, for listeners and, and viewers, let us know what you think. But I, 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 I get that he, you know, obviously with the, you know, situation with his um, his son, right? I get all that. I totally understand he wants to move on. He is in incredible form. He could easily play next year, you know, the way he's playing, maybe he plays another two years. Then he gets close to 400 games. Like, I mean, he's, I, I don't know, like the way I look at it, I, I, I totally understand he wants to move on and you want to retire on top. I get that. But this feels a bit like Jordan in that, you know, in that, that final season where it's like, come on, like, you can come back. Like, I know you want to go out on top, but if he wins the flag, then it's like, okay, well... It's such an amazing way to go out. But at the same time, I also wonder as well, it'd be nice if he could play, because it sounds like with the cases now, we're probably going to have a season in Victoria. So you'd think it'd be nice for him to say goodbye to the fans down at Geelong as well. You know, he's given so much to the to the supporters. I, I don't know. I, I just, just wonder yeah, whether that could everyone, continue. He keeps telling everyone that his body can't do what it used to do. It's bullshit, it can't. It's like it's still better than 90% of the league at the moment, what he could do. That's the thing. Like, it's like... You know, it's like the same with, you know, that's what I, I think I've really liked about Federer's mentality. And I guess he's been able to make it work with his family and his, the arrangements that he's got. But he's still, at, when he comes back post-surgery, he'll still be in, in top three contention. I think if Gaz was on the same money that Roger yeah. Federer was on, he, he'd, pay, he'd play it up. He'd probably keep playing. <laughs> but, 
I do wonder, like, he's living in Geelong. He's got plenty of money, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Like, I do wonder whether he could, you know, play for another, I don't know, maybe he plays for another year, but, like, you know, only 15 games or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter because Geelong are going to be way in, in up to their ears again. They're going to get Jeremy Cameron. Like, I don't think Jeremy Cameron... And Sean Higgins. And Higgins as well. Like, you'd think that they're not going to get... Surely they're not going to get, like, Abbott leaving... He's not on massive money now anyway. Like, it's not no, like it's they need to place. move him out to fit those guys in. I don't know. It just feels a bit disappointing in some respects that not... Uh, not This is not having a go at him, but it's a, it, it is as a football you know, lover and all that stuff. It's a bit of a shame that he kind of goes out in, in the corona year. Like, that just feels a bit shit. Like, I know this is going to continue, but at the same time, you know, we should have a semi-normal season to some degree next year. It feels a bit... Anyway, that's all. I, I, I don't know, mate. Like, like, or, is he do, or is he doing his bit for both both um, both states of football where, where he's played, mate? He's, he's winning a premiership in Queensland, even though he didn't get one for the Queensland team that that's he plays. That's <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's what it is. About. We had him for seven years, um, but yeah, look, I'm the same. But I'm like that with all the greats. It's always hard to see them uh, hang up the boots. Um, uh, I, I thought Hodgie had another year left in him. He did. Oh, that's right, he did. He just <laughs> there was years to say. Yeah, he did. He just did. not all thought. Uh, he he, he so, had two years in him. Yeah, I know. Uh, being a bit, bit facetious there, um, <laughs> but look. Uh, the time will come when Selwood would do, hang up in boots and all these, all these greats. And, you, and I probably won't do it once they're completely cooked. I, I think they're all a bit too smart now and, and football teams are too smart yeah. to allow senior players to keep going on just for legacy's sake. But, yeah, it is disappointing. I, th- I thought, and funnily enough, I thought Gaz yeah, was actually getting better as the season went on this year. Um, so I, I thought he had another year left in him too. To be quite honest, but I think he does. His decision, yeah. And who knows? He uh, he says he's retired, but he hasn't retired yet. I do want. I don't know. It'd be hilarious if he turns around and goes on again. But yeah, anyway. Um, but in terms of Geelong, yeah, I mean, look, it's all very positive. Obviously, I thought Parfit was was good. Um, all that oh, that next year, Duncan Menegola, yeah. There's so much depth now. It's Parfit, crazy. Parfit would have been on the the trade table. Before the this final series, I reckon, and I don't think that's happening. He has been so consistent across the three games. I thought he's been really, really good. I thought Colin Jasny was okay. Manigola. Yeah, Menegola excellent as well for sure. I thought um, Colin Jasny was quite good actually against Cameron. Initially, Cameron probably had his measure, um, but then I actually thought he he performed quite well. Yeah, um, but. Look, it's hard not to get away from talking about Brisbane. Like they were flat. They were their defence on Gary Ablett was terrible through the game. Um, this was really poor. This was a bad was. game. And 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 the Brownlow medalists who won by the Flemington straight in the end. Would ha- and I'm not. He had a fantastic year, but he was not great. Like their entries were poor. Um, they were pretty lucky not to lose by a lot more. Um, Absolutely, I, I kind of wish they did, so it looked a lot worse. Yeah, considering that Hawkins was wayward in front of goal again. Yeah, mind you, he's had he has had. This is not obviously including out of bounds on the full, but in each of the three finals, he has now had five shots on goal. That's yeah. uh, that's just unacceptable from any defensive team. But it also shows you how good he is at getting his hand on the ball. Danger didn't have a great influence in this game, and Sal would barely have an influence on the game. So to 
beat the second best team on their own deck convincingly by 40 points and it should have been 60. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's more to talk about, I agree, um, about Brisbane's failure to turn up and not just not turn up. It wasn't like Port Adelaide and they had a crack and, and missed just on percentages. This is a team that maybe had two players that could hold their head high. Um, Andrews was very, very good in defence. Mm. Um, and no, it was just him. I, I, I don't and know. Even, and even Andrews was very good early. He definitely didn't get sucked in like he often does against Geelong. Obviously, he's watched a lot of the tape and he um, he got better at that through the game, but he definitely fell away a bit as well. But I, I don't know. This this was... Oh, sorry, good. Daniel Rich was the other one. He was quite Yeah, good Rich well. was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. This was just a, a, a poor game from them to get all the way through to the prelim, have an incredible opportunity to <coughs> play in the grand final in, in Brisbane where we might not see that again for 50 years. Like, it's it's so unlikely. We might only see it maybe once in in that entire time. So... Yeah, you know, I, you know, the Cats as well, like, didn't really have that many contested marks early on as well. There were little elements where it was like, why are Brisbane not capitalising? And they were just flat. They weren't Collingwood flat, where they just couldn't play, but they were they were a good 30% off. And that's a huge amount to be off in a prelim. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know how they do it, obviously. It's a, it's a still a, somewhat of a foreign sport. Even the crowd seemed flat from the, yeah, the outset it was quiet. as well, which, does, which doesn't... Necessarily help if you're the home team. Um, you'd almost prefer no crowd at all because it's not in the back of your mind. So I don't know whether that had a bit of a role. I mean, I, I know Fagan, as he was leaving the, the start uh, to go up to his box, tried to rev the crowd up, but they just, it just seemed uh, a little bit lackluster and not really wanting to uh, build any type of atmosphere in favour yeah. of the Lions. But hopefully, hopefully um, that, that changes with this. Uh, renewed uh, team success that they're, they're getting. I, I, I recall the 2000s Brisbane team, the, the backing they had um, was like going to uh, watch Geelong down at um, the Cattery. They were pretty loud and, and boisterous. Um, so hopefully that can return for, for the next coming seasons because I think Brisbane obviously are going to be quite um, powerful and successful yeah, yeah. over the next two to three years still. I agree. And it didn't, it didn't help that Probably, but I agree still, like the Port crowd were really loud the night before and, you know, they're obviously very, they were crazy the whole night. Um, but, yeah, Brisbane, even when they were in it in points of the second and the third and the, and the first, just I get it in the fourth, but in the first three quarters, first half even, they just were a bit flat like the, like the players. Oh, I don't know, like just didn't. It's funny. So, again, both by teams, both teams that had the bye didn't get through. So it does beg the question with this bye week, and and, and the you know there's been a lot of conversation this week. Yeah, yeah it, a lot of people are now arguing <laughs> it's better off going the long way around. Obviously Hawthorne won the long way around in 15, but I, I don't know. I do wonder whether it, it would be. It's clearly having an impact to some of the stats. I know there's not really enough data yet to show it, but some of the stats that are coming out now clearly are pointing towards that it, it's almost better off continually playing and losing that first game. Yeah, as, I, as everyone's pointed out, only playing one game in a month uh, doesn't really bode well coming no. into a grand final. It's it's not great. So I guess the only criticism of Geelong, there was a bit, a little bit of a sloppy defence from them in the second quarter specifically that let Brisbane kind of come back into it and give them a little bit of hope, but it wasn't. 
it was only a brief period. It's not even worth mentioning so much anyway. Um, no. You know, that, they, they weren't as good as they were against Collingwood, but they were still very good. Had that been Richmond versus Geelong, it would have been an extremely close game, which obviously we get to see now. So, um, yeah, look, interesting game in, in other ways. The wash-up for me with with Brisbane, they they've they can't get to this kind of point of a season and, and turn up like that. I know this was a difficult season, but they had significant advantages. They were at home all year, basically. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, they finished second on the ladder. They had such great opportunity in front of their home crowd to win a flag in Brisbane. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing in the end, I'll be honest. I, I know, like, some people might say, oh, it's harsh, they're a young side, but they want the respect. They mm. want to be treated like a top side. So, well, if they're going to drop a... A prelim like this, where you're right, I think it should have been ten goals. And I, as I said, I kind of wish it was because then you can't sweep it under the carpet as much and say, "Oh well, you know they did a good job and high five it." No, they didn't though. They were poor, and, and their stars were poor. Let alone their mid tier and um, and the and the kids too. So I don't know. Geelong weren't. It's not like they came out and played the way they get. Like Collingwood were very poor, but then Geelong were. Off the page, Bruce's. right? Yeah, yeah, they were incredible. Whereas this time, Geelong were probably 20, 10 to 15 to 20 percent, maybe worse than they were that day, which is still extremely good. But you know, they should have been in this game more. This was this was very disappointing. Um, yeah, and I agree yeah, with the Lions Berry thing too. The line, that that like they need to sort that out. They can't be stuffing around on, on the ground. <laughs> Argue that was embarrassing optics arguing on the field. Repeatedly about. They just kept going and owing and going. Yeah. yeah. And going. It was that line it became the cameraman's best thing to look at because well, nothing it, else was happening. So. Supposedly it was around um, blocking his um, exit, but like how many. They They're been, both going for the mark. They're both going for the mark and, you know, you get, you get yelled, at the, yelled at by the um, coaches if you don't. Look to be attempting to go for the mark. Yeah, um, yeah I, I didn't see it. Not, nothing to be blowing up or about. Blow up about. Not to your teammate anyway. Yeah. Um, I just agree. sit down and go, mate. Let's don't do that again and get on with it. Yeah, that was poor. Um, yeah. So that's the two prelims. Obviously, we'll, we'll do a bit of a season review and discuss the Lions' season in general and Ports' season in general. Anyway, but now we move into the grand final. Um, all the best. Enjoy the grand final. We will do a review. Uh, episode now as well. Uh, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hobster Home. Hobster Home is a craft beer delivery service. Please check them out. Great idea for Christmas. You can use AFL Deep Dive as the promo code to get $25 off your first pack. Uh, you can pause it, resume it, do whatever you like. It's um, a great way to drink fresh craft beer from across Australia. And that's it. Beyond the Game TV, check it out. We will be we will be back for a grand final review. See you later. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys. Bye-bye.